Nice bit of toast. Mm. <laughs> Very unprofessional. This is Deserter again. Yes, you thought you got rid of us, but in reality, we were just farting around for the summer, getting stronger, growing our hair, drinking sangria, wearing flowery shirts, and having a well-earned break from something or other. So welcome to a new series of the Pubcast, yep. and have we got a show for you. Mm. H- have we? Yeah, uh, we've been, uh, well... I say busy, but we've got some new bits, haven't we? Um, yeah. We've got, first of all, the corporate deserter, an old mate of ours will be dropping in to introduce himself, and in future episodes, hopefully telling us basically how to win at work. Yeah, and in a bid to get the eggheads on board, we'll be talking about something called books. Books? Yeah. What are books? I remember them. <laughs> uh, and there's an outside chance of our globe-trotting, globe-trotting yeah. pal, Where's Spider. he trot? Glo- <laughs> He, he trots anywhere. Um, so he might be joining us and telling us about his adventures. And unbeknownst to you, simply by listening to this podcast, you have enrolled on the Deserter Diploma. That's right. We'll be going over to Deserter School during the course of the series. Live, isn't it? Yeah. Do we go live? Yeah. Yeah. You'll be listening to a short course on dropping out, dropping off, getting high and sitting down. <laughs> Priceless. Or to you, £2,000. <laughs> And we'll have a moment of silence. Looking forward to that. Me too. Peace at last. Plus, we'll have all the usual news, social media roundup. I'm the Dulwich Raider. And I'm the Dirty South. And we've got Deadly back on knobs. Three. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so, with all that to come, we had really better crack on. There's only one place to start. Dirty South, what the utter fuck have you been up to? Thank you for asking, Raider. Yeah, I've been uh, on a summer holiday Uh with the family in Gozo and Malta, uh, probably the least foreign state in Europe for a British traveller. Yeah, yeah, you know, red telephone boxes and oh, three-pin plugs and prawn cocktails on the yeah. starter menu. Double diamond. <laughs> um, very Catholic country, Malta. That should suit you. You were brought up a Catholic, <laughs> weren't you? Uh, I, I was. Yes, I'm, I'm lapsed. I think. Um, mm. I think that's the, probably the most flattering way to put it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a raving atheist. <laughs> um, yeah, they have all sorts of uh, festivals for saints, and we arrived during the festival of the Immaculate Conception, mm. and we they celebrated that with incredible pyrotechnic displays and. Mm. But it was nice to see the Virgin Mary get the fireworks that were so cruelly denied to her on her big night. <laughs> yes, because she wasn't. Nothing happened as far as he was No, well, she didn't even yeah. get dinner, did she? No, that's rude. Yeah, no foreplay. <laughs> um, okay, mate. Uh, is that is that is that it for Malta? No, I no. Uh, also. Um, oh yes, I was drawn somehow to an institution they're called the pub i've been to the pub have you yes yeah, i yeah. have yeah in yeah. valletta i think i know what you're going to say yes where oliver reed died of that's course. right yeah yeah, yeah 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 and they have a sort of grim trade in memorabilia uh, about over his death they, mm. they sell t-shirts with ollie's last pub on the front and on the back it says eight pints of lager 14 double rums 12 whiskies legend <laughs> <laughs> I that know. Too much. I know. I mean, there was somebody wearing one at the bar when when I arrived. Yeah. yeah do you know? I was called a legend once. Yeah. 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 When I was. How um, so? Well, I was. I was. Uh, I was at work, and um, 
I brought uh, I brought one of my colleagues a cup of tea, and she said, "You're a legend." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, it got to, got me thinking about the the nature of uh, legendhood. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm writing a post at the moment about, um, oh, well, partly about Ollie Reed and why some people think he's a, a legend. He, mm. we're, we're not so, so sure about that because, no. well, he was a misogynist twat, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, yes. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. he's he couldn't make it into uh, many other failings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's 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 quite a long list. Um, when I went to the pub, there was a. Upstairs, there was a load of graffiti about him and things he'd mm. said, mm. quotations he'd said. One that did amuse me um, was, I am not an alcoholic, I am a multi-millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So perhaps he had his moments. Oh, he definitely had his moments. I mean, he was quite a bright man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a sort of a, a bit of a stopping place for the, the sailors, wasn't it? He, he, the night he died, he tried to drink the uh, Royal Navy under the table, mm. and I think succeeded, and although died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Strange measure um, and, of success. Yeah, yeah, and arm-wrestled a lot of them. So my favourite bit of graffiti in, in that pub was uh, someone had written RAF on the wall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, he's not going to make the deserter hall of fame, is he? Uh, due to no. his uh, sexism and uh, yeah. how, how's that going, by the way? The uh, hall of fame. The hall of fame, quite slowly, if I'm honest, because mm. I took took it quite literally. And I am building an actual hall, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no rooms, just a... no, no, not a room, just a hall. And I've got a like a front door with a post box in it, <laughs> post whatever you call it, where you put the letters in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very slowly. Looking yeah. I haven't got any walls or anything. Yeah. Okay. It's the door of fame at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Raider? Where have you been up to? I had a day on the canals of London. Oh, how lovely! Yeah, it was amazing. I um, got a call from Half Life, who was house sitting Cyclo's boat. Oh, sounds um, unwise. Yes, I don't know what cycle I was thinking of, and, and needless to say, uh, it transpired he wasn't just house sitting it. He took it for a spin. <laughs> Take it, took it up to Watford and back. Um, I joined him up in Greenford on what I was told was the uh, Paddington arm of the Grand Union Canal. Oh. Uh, anyway, it's a, it a wonderful experience, uh, canalling generally. Um, mm. There don't seem to be any rules, no. first of all. You don't seem to need a licence to drive. No. Uh, you can drink, you can smoke. Probably. I mean... I have no idea if this is actually the case. Mm. All I'm saying is there doesn't seem to be any rules. Yeah. Um, There's yeah. no sign saying no, no magic mushrooms, no No, yeah, you acid. can do whatever you like. Yeah. Um, and it's such a wonderfully serene way of travelling, um, great camaraderie and lots of waving going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quite a community, I imagine. They, yeah, it's a good... slightly fair. eccentric, I sort of imagine... Uh, they didn't seem to be. No. Uh, I mean, uh, to be I honest, mean, I was with by far the most eccentric person <laughs> I came across all day, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, yeah, he was shouting morning to people when it was six o'clock in the evening, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but it put me in mind of South London's canals, and it made uh, me sad because cause we had our own canal network here in the South, the... Mm. Grand Surrey Canal, which ran from Campbell and Peckham along to Surrey Quays, which was originally going to go as far as Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, you can see why they, they thought that wasn't a good idea, really. It's <laughs> going to take ages, isn't it? Uh, and the Croydon Canal, which joined the Grand Surrey at New Cross and ran from New Cross to 
Croydon, mm. hence the name, I suppose. Um, that was um, filled in in the 30s, closed by an Act of Parliament when the steam trains um, put it out of business. And they realised it was much faster to go by train rather than have to do all the locks around Forest Hill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you Why do go locks? that way? Did you do locks? No, I didn't oh, do any okay. locks, no. Um, but the, um, the Surrey Canal, with its Camberwell and Peckham basins, was only filled in in the 70s. Really? Isn't that incredible? It is, yeah. And um, as late as the 1960s, trips would leave Little Venice, where we ended up um, in North London. They'd leave Little Venice cross the Thames mm. and sail down to Campbell and Peckham to right. visit South London. And people would get off and have a imagine, pint. Isn't it? Yeah, incredible. I, I don't like to feel envy for, for North London, but I, <laughs> I do over the canals, I Absolutely, have to say. Yeah. It does seem misguided that we got rid of them. Uh, totally. Well, the um, it, I say it was filled in the 70s. It was filled in against Southwark Council's uh, better judgment by the Port of London Authority. Just mm. went ahead and filled them in. <laughs> Yeah. Were they in North London, perhaps? It was a spiteful move. Maybe, yeah, yeah. But it was such a wonderful day, and it was difficult. It wasn't difficult to see how, if they'd been reimagined for leisure in South London, how wonderful they'd be. Can you imagine sailing down from Peckham to Campwell to get a oh, pint? It'd be fantastic, yeah, wouldn't it? It's quite incredible. Because it's so slow as yeah, well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So the Peckham Basin um, was turned into Peckham Library and... Um, the uh, something else that's down there that eludes me for the moment, and the uh, Camberwell Basin was turned into Burgess Park, mm-hmm. and there's still a bit of a, a green walk from Burgess Park towards the old Kent Road and out towards Surrey Keys, and there is some movement to get them re-established. Right. I mean, yeah, as, great, yeah, do it, dig yeah. them up again, and all flooded, all flooded. Anyway, that was a great day out on the canals. I wrote about that on the site. Um, that's up on Deserter. Um, called mm. something like Messing About on the Water. Yeah. Um, yes, I've got something on the site as well mm. uh, recently. Uh, was it Culture Pubs or Pub Culture? That was. Oh, it. yes. Oh, yes. After a day out with a 12-year-old, a oh. uh, reluctant day out. Is this, is this your mate's... Yeah. Is this Theo? Yeah, Theo, yeah. Can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> he, is a, he is a miserable little bugger, isn't he? Do you know what he said to me recently? What? He said, um, do you know how to get your dinner lady name? You know, like yeah, a sort of yeah. like a porn star name or something. Yeah. I said, no, how do you get your dinner lady name? He said, you take your mum's first name and your mum's second name because your mum's a dinner lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for him. <laughs> Well, my plan because I was I was hanging when uh, when he was dropped off, and I thought, okay, I'll just give him a console, and I'll go and have a nap. But yes. he, um, his mum said he's on a gaming ban, so yeah. I couldn't do that. So oh, I had to God. take him out. She said, "Could you show him some mystery?" Oh, God. this Not is going downhill. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tried taking him to the park at, Gr- at Greenwich. You know, you could see some mystery anyway. But it was. Do you remember when it was like thirty-two degrees in this country? Mm, yes <laughs> difficult I mean, to believe now I know yeah it, yeah I mean it was the it was time too of much the burning I mean I'm a, I'm a ginger person so you know I'm I'm pale in winter and crispy in summer <laughs> um so um I I couldn't stand it it was really crowded as well so and um, you were with Theo and I was with Theo and I needed a pint so um we started walking towards um the Prince of Greenwich on on uh, Royal Hill and he said mm. are you taking me to a pub Brat. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, he should be so lucky. I said, no, I'm taking you to a museum slash pub. Oh. 
Because <laughs> uh, it's full of artefacts from all over the world. Yeah. Where um, quite educational in a way. I mean, there aren't any. There isn't any literature, but uh, Pietro mm. will, will tell you all about it if you give him a chance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like school these days, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So Theo yeah, wasn't terribly impressed. So. Um, we only stayed for one, yeah. and uh, then I took. Him, I was going to say I took him to the Angel uh, mm. in Bermondsey, but, mm. uh, but actually I took him to King Edward's Moat House, which is next to the Angel. Clever! I yeah. see what you did there. So he yeah. could read the panel while I, I grabbed a Swifty. Yeah, um, it's not much to it though, is there? Well, no, no, that's yeah. Bitter Wall is what he called it. Oh, is that it? Sorry. Yeah. So I took him to the George in in, in Borough High Street. Oh, that's no one a can good fail move. to be impressed by. Well, it. Listen, it's yeah. owned by the National Trust as well, isn't it? It is. It's a yeah. living museum. It is. It's living history. I mean, it, it used to be that all pubs around the area were just like the George, and the, yeah. the special thing about the George is really simply that it survived. Yes, yes. Um, but in the old days, they were all like that. You would arrive on your horse, they'd take your horse, give it some ketamine, mm. you'd go and have a pint and a pie, yeah. and uh, if you were unlucky, Shakespeare was putting a play on, and, uh, you'd, you, and, you could, um, and then after that, you know, you'd sleep it off. In in the uh, in their rooms, you know, yeah. it's a one stop shop. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, they were all there because you couldn't get over the bridge. The bridge was too narrow for all the coaches and horses. Yeah, the, you had to wait your turn, didn't right? You? Yeah, I see. Yeah. So this is uh, this is ideal. I know summer holidays are finished now, but this is if you if you at half term if you've got to look after uh, an annoying twelve year old. Yeah, this is an ideal itinerary, isn't it? It is. Yeah, have a look at. Um, and Pub education on the education. Uh, on the on the site. There's there's about five pubs that you can go to if your children are bored this summer. Probably you're taking them to the wrong pubs. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, before we move on, uh, we should probably say a little bit about our book, which um, I'm oh, pleased yes. to say the unpaid interns have almost finished writing. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's. Um, actually come back from the typesetter today hasn't it yes. um, but we can't look at it because we're doing this yeah and then we're going for a pint yeah so i mean you can't do everything we can only do one thing at a time um but it is finished um and we'll be still out we'll, we'll, we'll be out still coming out we understand in october yes mid-october uh currently having the uh the, the cover done aren't we oh, yeah, cover yeah. art yes uh, got Neil Gower is going to do it for us, who is a very fine artist. Very fine, a very fine man. Very fine man, good lad. So we're going to meet our old buddy, Spider. Yeah, who, um, in a sort of proto-deserted move, quit work, what, 15, 20 years ago? I don't know. Yeah, who was ahead of us, yeah. And uh, decided never to do it again, and travelled the world. And Mm. uh, hopefully this heralds... Probably an occasional new segment, I would say. Yeah. Uh, called Spider's Letter to the World. Letter from the World. Oh, Letter from the World. Fuck from it, it or start. to it. The world from yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's going to send us a letter, not an actual letter. It's not even a letter. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to send us some sort of audio update uh, for each episode about where he is. He's just about to head off to North America and travel through South America. That's right. So uh, it was lovely to have you here, Spider. Hello, Spider. Hello. Spider is uh, is an old friend, and he quit work what ten years ago, maybe fifteen. Well, four, it started fourteen years ago. Yeah, I'd been working for a living. Yes, and um, the, you know, I think most people these days go through 
this horrible phenomenon where you have to work longer hours mm. for less money. And I'd been working two months, 16 hours solid every day. Not, not a day off. Mm. I couldn't drink because I had to stay focused. Mm. Couldn't have a doobie. Mm. And... Uh, I don't think I could have known you then. I mean, I, 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 well, you didn't know me then. I was yeah. at work. Yeah. And, um, and at the end of it, I thought, I'm going to kill this now. I'm going to take a sabbatical. I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to rent my house out, go to Africa, do something um, interesting, and come back rejuvenated. Mm. So, well, I went to Africa. And you know, you lent me a book once. Um, what's your name? <laughs> uh, dirty South. Dirty South. <laughs> I just call you Dirty. Yeah. And what's yours? You wouldn't be the first. Raider. Dull, it's Raider, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I just call you Dull. <laughs> <laughs> he has done some preparation. Ah, no. <laughs> okay, uh, Dirty and Dull. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you lent me a book once, uh, an anthropology book about this um, bush tribe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dobikong. Yeah. Pardon? Uh, Very good. The yeah. Dobikong. Yeah. I'm getting some popping there. Do you get some popping there, Devin? Engineer. The Dobi Kong are a um, bush tribe from the Kalahari Desert in mm. Botswana. And I met the Dobi Kong. Yeah. And uh, they, um, they... What's, what's really weird is that, that they have this... Uh, you know, we think hunter-gatherers have this really hard time of it, but actually they work for about four hours a day on average. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And they hunt and they gather, and then they spend the rest of the time uh, having fun. Yeah, telling stories. They have drinking alcohol. They have, oh, around a fire. they have a barbecue on what they call a fire, mm. <laughs> and uh, and um, they tell they tell stories. They dance. They sing. They play music. They play games, and they were having so much fun. They had so much free time, and I and I found that my whole experience through Africa was that people had a lot of time on their hands mm. and the biggest smiles. Yeah, and I thought there was a correlation, and and then um, when I got back, uh, you were well to London. Yeah, when I got back to London to Heathrow, and we went to the uh, the wheat sheaf, and Danny had opened the wheat sheaf up at nine o'clock mm. uh, for my return, yeah. and but it was so extraordinary because you, th this was a bizarre world. I'd been walking around with no shoes on for fifteen months. I do remember you getting quite cross with us at one point, and. Uh shouting over at us, I bet you lot are all wearing underpants, aren't you? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. The, you can't, you have to dispose of underpants in the African heat. It's just not, it's not healthy. Chasing, chasing. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've never worn a pair since. Yeah. <laughs> um, then what happened was, um, after a couple of months of uh, not really wanting to go back to work, they dragged me in again mm. and I started, uh, but I completely, my worldview had changed. Mm. And, uh, you know, everything I was doing seemed just utterly worthless. It was like I was a prostitute. Mm. You know, I, I was giving them my most precious commodity, time, mm. uh, in exchange for cash. And uh, as the the Dobby uh, will prove, you don't need cash. You don't need cash. Um, <laughs> How do they say, can I have two beers, please? Out of interest. There, yeah. So, um... Yeah, I couldn't. I really couldn't get into the gist of it. And there was, there's. Um, I read the book um, by Joseph Conrad about Heart, yeah. Heart of Darkness, and there's a piece in it where the central character Marlowe comes back uh, home from a long period in Africa, and uh, he he just describes the sort of inane 
people going about their business, filching some money from each other and sort of living these just dull, termite-like lives. Uh, and it just seemed to me that that was what it was. And mm. so I thought, I'll, um, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I could just, uh, you know, rent the house out again and, uh, and off-ski. And, that, and that's when you sort of decided you weren't going to be in London anymore you were going to be a citizen yeah i mean london uh, was it of the world dr johnson said uh, if you're tired of london you're tired of life mm. <clears throat> well he hadn't seen the the, the dobby <laughs> mm. and you've been apart from africa uh, you've been across well, uh, eastern europe haven't you and yeah uh, I've, I've recently started to tie in my trips with england cricket tours i so, see so, <laughs> <laughs> I, <clears throat> I took six months uh, going around India a couple of years ago um, mm. and uh, I saw the biggest total ever scored against an English team in one innings. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course there was your uh, watercolour break in Sicily. Oh I've done that, uh, yeah, I, I, I've become an artist. Yeah. Um, I haven't sold anything but then n nothing's for sale. That would be like work. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Uh, so I got to life drawing classes and things yeah. like that. And, and one of the reasons um, we're very excited to have you on is that you're about to embark on a new trip, uh, this time to yes. North and South America. At the same time? Uh, well, um, only a part of North America. I've refused to go to the United States of America while the idiot in chief is in charge uh, so I'm gonna f I'm gonna go to Toronto and then I'm gonna fly from Toronto to Mexico City and I have a good crap over Kentucky <laughs> and then uh, and then sort of make my way overland um, through right down to Buenos Aires mm -hmm. so, so it's gonna be a good eight nine months trip. and we're gonna try to get you to uh, send us a note uh, it, for each episode, aren't we? Uh, sort of well, that's, we're that's, very excited about. That's exactly yeah. right. You are going to try to get me to do that. <laughs> we're not sure if it's going to happen, <laughs> no. but we're going to try. Yeah. Well, well, do, do remember, you're not being paid, so it's not work. Okay. Well, right. Welcome to Deserter School. Thank you. Settle down. This isn't Glyndebourne. First of all, may I welcome you all, old and new, to the start of another academic year. Shortly, we'll hear an introduction to studies by our head of learning. Before that, some housekeeping. A reminder that the Freshers' cocktail party will be held on the Grand Lawn after Vespers tonight, followed by the traditional staff versus students wrestling match. And a note that while we are fairly relaxed about student attire, I can see I need to remind some of you that the wearing of ties is not permitted on college grounds. And with that, I hand you over to our Head of Learning, Dr Professor Mr South. Why, thank you, Dean. Welcome to the opening lecture of the Deserter Diploma, and congratulations, because by enrolling on this course, you have embarked on a journey going the other way. Away from the herd, 
away from SWOT analyses and quarterly projections and towards the things that make it worth getting out of bed of an afternoon. Have you ever felt your life lacked purpose? Excellent, you have already begun. Today, we'll be outlining the key study areas that make up the diploma and the potential outcomes that await the successful student. We begin in earnest next month by looking at deserter theory. What are the key components that underpin our beliefs? Is it just an anti-work, pro-pub manifesto? Yes and no. Mostly yes. But there is much, much more to it. A search for happiness, perhaps. A sense of balance between simply having fun and the need for relaxation. A fundamental recognition of the corset in which humanity places itself. We aim to throw away that corset and put on some lovely thigh highs and get lost with a cold one. Somewhere with a nice view and a good sit down. But theory is all very well. What about the practicalities? During our core studies, we will map out strategies for avoiding work altogether, rendering the alert student virtually unemployable. We will then be on the vital area of leisure. Many of us have forgotten how to do bugger all. Let us guide you back to our natural state and, once we have reconnected with inertia, set about messing around as God intended. Relaxing, of course, is made all the more pleasurable by our next subject, drugs and alcohol. We will study the meaning of pubs. What are they for? What makes a great one? And what time do they open? In addition, we ask ourselves why. Why do we need to alter our state with various intoxicants? And while we're at it, which ones give you the most bang for your buck? Deserters have to live in the real world too, so in the seventh module, we'll be looking at the home. What does the deserter need there? And how does he or she achieve this without getting off his or her heiress? Of course, booze and drugs are not free, which is why we have elected to provide a lecture on money, how to get it without too much effort, and how to retire while you're still young enough to score MDMA. Due to the dangers of the deserter lifestyle, We'll be covering health and beauty later in the course. There's no point in maximising the joys of life if you're too fat and sick to samba. Look after your body, and your body can look after your mind by feeding it stimulants and hallucinogens. Time is a great teacher, but unfortunately it kills all its students. And so we will face the subject of death, as inevitable as taking that second pint of beer. Finally, we will summarise everything we've learnt and set out our hopes for your 10,000 word dissertation, which, if you have been paying attention, you will never complete. Thank you. Uh, the Raider will be with us next time at the main lecture hall in the Centre for Horizontal Studies. News, 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 news. First of all, yes, yeah, sad news about Alan Winfield's never ending pub crawl. It's ended, isn't it? It's ended. 
Uh, Alan Winfield, you may know as Britain's foremost pub man. Not my words. Uh, someone I met in the pub's <laughs> words. Um, <laughs> he, he reviewed and photographed thousands of pubs over the years, uh, sort of contemporary pub reviews and pubs he remembered from 30 years yeah. ago. It's a brilliant melange. And it was uh, renowned for his flat, no-nonsense writing style, wasn't he? Um, mm. When I looked at random, when I heard the sad news, read, there were four unclipped pumps on the bar, so I'd have a, had to have a drink of John Smith's smooth crap, which was crap. <laughs> and then later in the same piece, about a different pub, I had to settle for a drink of John Smith's smooth crap, which was crap, just like the pub. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Due to illness, he posted his last post in July uh, with the assistance of his son. And a week later, sadly, he died. Oh, um, that is a shame, yeah. Great, great loss to mm. the pub community. Yeah, I saw his last post. He had his five favourite pubs up mm. there, didn't mm. he? Um, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I'd been to one of them, the, uh, the front in Falmouth. Oh, apparently that was one he went to quite recently, so it must have right. been a cracker to make mm. it into his top five. It was a cracker, actually, yeah, yeah. Really good selection of, of beer um, in, in the harbour there. And, uh, yeah, quite a wonky crowd. I mm. met uh, someone there who claimed to be Pete Townsend's love child. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he lived on a boat, actually. Which was odd, because he was 84, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, what clinched it for him was that he could play the guitar a bit. Oh, God. <laughs> And he had a a bit of a schnoz. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so uh, to Alan, wherever you are, and we know where you are, you're in a pub. Here's to you. <laughs> in happier news, we have a world exclusive. We do. Yeah, this is massive. What is it again? Oh, yeah. Dulwich <laughs> Beer Dispensary. You may be familiar with the London Beer Dispensary in Broccoli. I should hope so. Yeah, really. Uh, it's the centre of the beer world. Um, well, they are opening another branch in Dulwich. Yeah. It's going to be called the Dulwich Beer Dispensary. And in a world exclusive, we're going to let you know where it is, more or less. Yeah. We reckon it's at the uh, Lordship Lane. Yes. Opposite the Grove Tavern. Yes. On that little parade of shops, which includes a tile giant and the bathroom shop. And God knows anyone deserves a pint after going through that or mm. before or during, come to think of it. So, um, yeah, that'll be opening next month. Yes, it'll be open in, about, in precisely about a month. Right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see, Vinny? Oh, no, we've got more, haven't we? Ignition oh, Tap Room. In Ignition Tap Room, yeah, it's had a little soft launch. This is um, the brewery that um, uh, employs people with learning disabilities uh, mm. from Lewisham, and they're opening up in Sydenham a little tap room. Uh, mm. They've got a soft launch going on this week, and they're opening oh. up to the public on uh, September 15th. Oh, that's coming um, I've got a bar tab there, so, uh, so I must have crowdfunded it. Oh. Forgotten about it. And then they said, come to our bar, you've got a tab going. Really? Yeah. Let me know when you're going, because I might forget my wallet that night. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I get an email saying, come and pay your tab. So yeah. it's quite a nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear, Vinny, um, the latest research published in The Lancet uh, uh. about alcohol consumption? Uh, gentlemen, should we just have a quick top-up before I read this article? Because <laughs> I think it's probably wise. <laughs> Yes, I tend not to um, to click on reports about alcohol. 
oh, just in case. Yes, that's probably wise. Probably keep probably keeps you happy. A bit like alcohol. Anyway, this massive piece of research published in The Lancet, I'm afraid to say, concurs with the UK's current ruling that there is no safe limit of alcohol consumption. Oh. Oh. Right, that's why I don't click on it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not sure what you know, really that means. I mean, I think we are all aware of that, aren't we? It's like there's no safe limit for driving, is there? Mm. I mean, people die every day. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, there's no safe limit for playing football or there's no safe limit for living. But they don't tell us not all to kill ourselves. Uh, I think s- s- these studies are missing the point, basically. Yeah. Yes, booze may be prejudicial to health in some ways. But in other ways, of course, it's, what's the phrase? Fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and interestingly, there was another study published this week in The Observer that suggests that alcohol had a crucial part to play in human evolution. Oh, I didn't read that piece, but I read in the book A Short History of Drunkenness that... uh, (laughs) uh, that, You can always tell a man by the books he reads. (laughs) Uh, That, that, yeah, there's a theory that suggests that's true. Absolutely, yeah. Well, this week, delegates at a British Academy conference will hear how alcohol consumption played historically a big part in making friends, enhancing social bonds, breaking down fears and inhibitions... Just, you might say, as it does today. Mm. Uh, for example, it turns out uh, that we didn't start farming because we wanted food. There was plenty of food around yeah. when we started farming. We started farming to grow wheat for more booze. Did yeah. you, have you heard that? Have you said that? I, I mean, you can't, uh, you can't brew beer on the move, can you? No, no. And uh, it's, uh, what they're pointing to is this, uh, <laughs> yeah, this... It's importance for social cohesion, so mm. you can create society and then go and uh, smash up another society and steal all their booze. Yes, yeah. Also useful in procreation, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, when we said regarding the Lambeth Country Fair that Chucklehead Cider was the single best thing ever to come from the countryside, we weren't that far from the mark, no. were we? No, no. Bit We're thirsty, much wiser huh? than we think. Yeah. <laughs> um... In uh, another news item I saw, Crossrail has been postponed until 2019. Oh dear. So Abbey Wood's going to be crap for another year then. Correct. (laughs) Moving on. um, (laughs) Moving on. uh, It was pointed out to me that it's the anniversary of the greatest news story ever told. Uh, (laughs) Oh yes. uh, Paul Ross um, was involved in a... (laughs) headline that read paul ross admits cheating on wife with man he met dogging and snorting meow meow off his face (laughs) four years ago to the day Uh, if ever there was a lesson in living life on your own terms that's got to be it (laughs) hero plain and simple well played paul thanks very much Thanks for everything. Um, you were going to tell us about some Des live appearances, weren't you? The deserter live appearances. Oh, yes. Uh, the Greenwich and Woolwich Free Film Festival have uh, mm. invited us back this year, despite last year's debacle. Oh, um, what? <laughs> uh, to introduce This Is Spinal Tap. Uh, that's on Sunday, isn't it? That's on Sunday the 9th, yeah. uh, which we are thoroughly unprepared for, it has to be that said. That puts it into perspective doesn't it yes too much (laughs) um yeah that's at the white swan in charlton village hopefully in the garden if the weather's nice yeah 
Excellent. Um, one of the other films that caught my eye in that uh, festival was Young Frankenstein is being shown at Seven Droog Castle. Oh, that's a good, good idea. That would be it? nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Seven Droog, it's a, a triangular castle, a folly uh, that is built in Oxley's Woods, uh, just off Shooter's Hill. Um, so it's a lovely little spot, and they'll have a, the bar will be open, be serving cocktails and stuff. And uh, which may be a dangerous combination with uh, the viewing platform, which Ooh. will be open, is very high up, and you can see across seven counties. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah. Too much counties. Yeah, too much fucking counties. <laughs> uh, also, we've got Book Jam coming out on Monday, October the 1st. Um, we're back at Book Jam again. Not sure why I've been invited back, but thanks very much. Um, Book Jam is a free, for those of you that don't know, it's a free quarterly literary event um, that it says is unpredictable, eclectic, and aims to curate the very best in South London writing. It also says it has A-listers, from A-listers to talented unknowns. We don't really fit in there anyway, do we, as uh, mm, yeah. uh, untalented unknowns? Yeah. Intalented, I think. Oh, it's intalented, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that's the Who's Hanani, Brixton, Monday, October the 1st. Also, it's Monday. There's nothing like getting tanked up on a Monday, is there? That's, that's brilliant, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we'll be reading something from our book. We will, yeah. Um, okay, and finally, I uh, should mention that the Brick Brewery have got their Dulwich Hamlet photography exhibition charting Dulwich Hamlet's tumultuous season last season. Yeah, the good old days. The good old days, yeah. Uh, photographs by Sam Mellish and Duncan Palmer, and this exhibition is extended until the 12th of September, Give you a chance to combine art, football and beer. Superb, yeah. Duncan Palmer asked me to point out that prints are available uh, on demand, um, but I'm not going to say that because we don't do advertising, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dunk. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we got a new bit now. Um, the corporate deserter. That's right. Yes, uh, that's where we meet a man with a very different and specific take on how we should think about work. Yeah, slightly different to us. Should we um, play the jingle? Oh yeah. Deadly was up half the night making it. After all, weren't you, Deadly? Sorry, Deadly. I am the corporate deserter. I earn a six-figure salary. And I do fuck all. So, welcome to the show, The Corporate Deserter. Hello. Hello. We should probably point out that isn't your normal voice, I'll is bloody it? Hope not. <laughs> no, The Corporate Deserter has asked that his voice be disguised. Is there a yeah. particular reason for that, Osman? Uh, no. I mean, Corporate Deserter. The reason is simple. As you heard, I earn good money in my work, but I do very little to merit that. The less my employer knows about it, the better. Atta boy. And as we were saying, you have quite a novel take on deserting, we understand. Yes, everything you knew about work is wrong. Work in the right hands can be the ultimate skive. Very interesting. Mm. And you're going to be dropping in for each show in this series to share your hints and tips, are you? Correct. Uh, and So what do you have for us this time? People look at me, at my house my cars, my wealth, and ask me why I continue to work. I tell them, if it wasn't for the money, the sex, and the drugs, I'd have quit working years ago. 
You see, I have made work, work for me. Yes, it required a change of mindset at the beginning, but the tools of my trade are quite simple. They are simply confidence and willingness to play the game. What game, you may ask? And I reply, the game of work. This is where the mindset change comes in. As a younger man, like many before me, my personal finances were a disaster. I ran out of money, I went overdrawn, faced arrears and so on. One day I decided to approach my finances as I would a memorgue, also known as a massively multiple player online role playing game. I was switching accounts, moving credit card balances, searching best offers, all on work time I may add, and almost overnight my finances improved. I decided to take the same approach into the world of work. Corporations, I realised, are just giant bolt holes full of money, booze and bored people thinking about having sex. Plus there are toilets, perfect for sleeping, fucking and doing drugs in. I even met my second wife in the toilets at work, but that's another story. As I rose through the ranks, I realised that if I played my cards right, there would be less and less for me to do. Meanwhile, I was being paid more and more. Join me again for some of my insights and tricks I have accrued over the years. Tips that will help you amuse yourself, climb the career ladder, become vastly overpaid and retire early. Whatever you do, don't end up poor like the two losers on this show. A little bit harsh. A little bit harsh. Seems, seems like a nice fellow there, I thought. Yeah, does he? <laughs> Books. 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 Letters. 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 Words. 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 Reading. 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 Sentences. Sentences. Paragraphs. Words again. Words again. Corners. Corners. It's, it's Book it's Corner. corner. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to be talking about one specific book this month, uh, yes. Carry On Jeeves yes. by um, P.G. Wodehouse, <laughs> uh, known to his friends as Plum. Yeah, that's right. Um, who was uh, who spent his happy teenage years at Dulwich College, oh. of course. So he's a local. Uh, so kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, the yeah. foremost comic writer of the 20th century. Let me just f- throw that out there. I think that's yes well, no. lots of people yes think no. so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I mean, he, he discovered that he had a gift for comic writing quite young. His first mm. piece was Men Who Missed Their Own Weddings. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read that? I haven't, no. I've only really read the uh, Jeeves and Worcester stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, so he's writing about uh, sort of interwar society that, I mean, some say it didn't exist uh, at all. I think he he thought it did, but it's a place where nobody has a job. Everybody mm. is supported by some awful aunt or uncle. Everyone seems to be sort of proto-deserters, don't they? They, they work shy, yeah. lazy, don't get up to the afternoon. Yeah, It's a wonderful world to read about. Yeah, everyone's called Biffy or Corky or yeah. Bingo. <laughs> um, but it's a wonderful mixture of learning, uh, lightly worn, and uh, sort of 
contemporary slang at the times, isn't it? Uh, That's right. It was, yeah, it was contemporary slang, which obviously dates, uh, but is is still seems quite remarkable now. Yeah. Um, and he had a wonderful turn of phrase mm. and, a, and a great craft. Um, and in these these stories, it's it's a Worcester who's not the sharpest tool, is he? Mm. Um, and his omni- omniscient valet Jeeves. Mm who's wise and calm and has impeccable taste. And it's the first story where he meets him, isn't it? Uh, That's right. The first the first story, uh, Jeeves takes charge, is it's when he gets hired. Mm. Um, Jeeves comes for his sort of interview, uh, and um, Worcester is really badly hanging, and Jeeves notices, it, notices this immediately and makes his uh, this cure that he, mm. uh, he invented himself. And... Um, yeah, Worcester says he had had a grave, sympathetic face, as if he too knew what it was to sup with the lads. <laughs> uh, so he's hired on the spot. Yes. Um, and uh, one of my favourite stories from Carry On Jeeves was The Aunt and the Sluggard, which is... Um, oh, that he's great. In, that's a great character. Yeah. He's the laziest man in... America or something, as he described. Yes, constitutionally the laziest young devil in America, <laughs> says his mate Rocky Todd. And all of these stories have a sort of, uh, you know, Worcester gets his mate out of a scrape, gets himself in one, and then yeah. Jeeves, Jeeves saves the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Todd, Rocky, was um, he was a poet. At least he wrote poems when he did anything. But most of his time, as far as I could make out, he spent in a sort of trance. <laughs> He told me once that he he could sit on a fence watching a worm and wondering what on earth it was up to for hours at a stretch. Reminds me of you, actually. (laughs) (laughs) He he had his scheme of life worked out to a fine point. About once a month he would take three days writing a few poems. The other 329 days of the year he rested. (laughs) Um, but he did occasionally write these poems, and they got they got published. And uh, he, he'd get a hundred dollars for one. Uh, after which he would stay in bed till four in the afternoon for over a month. <laughs> oh, genius! Yeah, uh, Worcester gets in, in in a scrape by helping out Rocky, and ends up having to move out of his own apartment in New mm. York and mm. into a hotel without Jeeves, mm. which is a terrible shock to him. Um, he says, you know, I rather think I agree with those poet and philosopher Johnnies who insist that a fellow ought to be devilish pleased if he has a bit of trouble. All that stuff about being refined by suffering, you know. Suffering does a chap a sort of broader... does give a chap a sort of broader and more sympathetic outlook. It helps you understand other people's misfortune if you have been through the same thing yourself. As I stood in my lonely bedroom at the hotel, trying to tie my white tie myself... It struck me for the first time that there must be whole squads of chappies in the world who had to get along without a man to look after them. I'd always thought of Jeeves as a kind of natural phenomenon, but by Jove, of course, when you come to think of it, there must be quite a lot of fellows who have to press their own clothes themselves and haven't got anybody to bring them tea in the morning and so on. It was a rather solemn thought, don't you know? I mean to say, ever since then I've been able to appreciate the frightful privations the poor have to stick. (laughs) <laughs> and, and of course um, naturally Jeeves gets him out of the scrape in the end he sends um, uh, Rocky's aunt to uh, see this this preacher who um, warns her about the sinful nature of the city and she moves mm. out of um, 
Bertie's apartment. Is that a spoiler alert? <laughs> it is. Yes. Yeah, spoiled. Um, but he's really relieved that Jeeves has saved the day, and he he says, "I was stunned by the man's resource. It's brain," I said, "pure brain." What do you do to get like that, Jeeves? I believe you must eat a lot of fish or something. Do you eat a lot of fish, Jeeves? No, sir. <laughs> oh well, then it's just a gift, I take it. And if you aren't born that way, there's no use worrying. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, yeah, it's a turns of phrase, isn't it? That uh, I, that's why. Uh, although I enjoyed the TV series, it never had the same magic because it's as much no. about what Woodhouse is saying between the dialogue. It is. Yeah, it's the dialogue. Mm. Phrases like, um, there was a sound like a snail clearing its throat, I enjoyed from that book. <laughs> and um, describing a shock as, I felt as if I had trod on a bottom stair that wasn't there. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Evelyn Waugh said of him that uh, one has to regard a man as a master who can produce, on average, three uniquely brilliant and entirely original similes on each page. <laughs> Just <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. I have to say, personally, I, I find I can't. I agree with Alan Bennett, who I think said that you can't read more than ten pages at a time without yeah. feeling a little bit sick because it's a little bit. It, I mean, it's so the wordplay so amazing. Yeah. But it's um, it's a little bit like eating just the icing of a cake. I find sometimes, you know, it's yeah. One short story is enough. I yes, think. I think the short stories are perfect, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, that is, carry on, Jeeves. Carry on, Jeeves. By yes. P.G. Woodhouse. And now for a section called A Moment of Silence. Yes, it's designed as a time of reflection to one of those who are at work. Each episode, our producer Deadly will provide some ambient background sound to which we can recenter ourselves and at the same time pay homage to our brothers and sisters who are forced to labour. So, uh, what do you have for us this time, Deadly? Some Cotswold water, mm. the babbling of a summer brook, accompanied by some delightful background bird song. Oh, lovely. And you recorded that yourself, did you, Diddley? Uh, no, I found it on the internet. Oh. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, let's go. A moment of silence. Wish I'd gone to the toilet now. And now, social media. <laughs> we haven't got a jingle for that, have we? No, not everything needs a jingle. Not but everything, everything needs, needs a jingle. jingle. <laughs> 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 right, well, social media. Uh, uh, one thing that I, I saw on, on Twitter was actually from TripAdvisor. Mm. It was about um, the uh, all the five-star reviews 
for the Bude Tunnel. Oh, yes. The seaside uh, resort. Bude. They call it Bude down there, don't they? Yeah, it's in Cornwall, so they call it Bude. You should know, Deadly, you're from Cornwall, aren't you? Yeah, is that right? They say, they say boo. Say what you fucking like. <laughs> <laughs> They'll hate you for being English. Yeah. So we're Emmets, aren't we? Do you know that phrase? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. So the the um, the the, the booed tunnel is um it, it's a, a plastic tunnel that goes about seventy meters from the Sainsbury's to the uh, car park to the car park. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's described, uh, uh, nowhere else in, in Bude can you walk this far undercover in a continuous straight line. <laughs> and, it, yeah, so it's got 165-star reviews, including this, this one from Anne, who says, Great place for a divorce. Took my ex-husband, husband at the time, to the tunnel to break things off and inform him about the divorce. Bye, Stephen. The walk back through the elongated tunnel felt like the first steps towards freedom from Stephen and his massive collection of recorders. Best moment of my life, Anne. <laughs> Somebody else discovered it as uh, 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 described it as one of the seven wonders. A gem in the rough, a modern Taj Mahal. It is said that Saint Piran walked through this very tunnel on his way down to the pasty shop. <laughs> And uh, and there was another review about lunch there. You know, on visiting Bude this summer, we must have picked the only rainy day, so we popped into the supermarket, picked up some pasties, got out our holding chairs out of the car, and set up a picnic in the tunnel. And at that point, the sun came out and created a wonderful rainbow through the perspex roof of the tunnel. The only downside is the tunnel is narrow, and other people using it had to step over our family of four. <laughs> Would definitely be returning for lunch there again next year. <laughs> so that is the number one attraction in, on TripAdvisor in, in, in Bood. In Bood. Oh, tremendous, tremendous. Um, yes, you also enjoyed the uh, Rush Hour Crush by oh, Shockproof Beats, didn't you? Who yes, Seamus ever was. Yeah. Yes, we have come across him before. He's a funny dude, isn't he? Um, he... Um, you may remember he was the one that got his days mixed up and ended up on ketamine in presence of the Irish Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, he's a columnist for the Irish Times, I think. And uh, but he used to write into um, uh, to the Metro for their rush hour crush section. In, That's right. Uh, to with, keep himself amused in a boring job, I think. It was, yeah, wasn't it basically? So, yeah, you're familiar with rush hour crush. It's like when uh, you know you, you you see someone you like but you haven't. Got, had the confidence to uh, talk to them or something. Yeah. Yeah. You try and get in touch with them, don't you? Yeah, rather than speak to them, you, you send it into the Metro and they publish yes. it for you and yeah. hopefully that will bring you together. Yeah, he sent one in. I think this is his first one, wasn't it? Um, mm. To the guy who got on, a bank, uh, got on a bank dressed as Mr Chips from Catchphrase, your cheeky smile reminds me of popular sayings. That was from the girl in the Bring Back hang, Hanging T-shirt. <laughs> Uh, a couple I like and these were actually published in Metro statuesque blonde who cheered me up at Kensington Olympia last Friday at 10pm you stole my heart while I was grinding for coins on the street how about that pint of schnapps we joked about (laughs) dancing crying Geordie dwarf (laughs) (laughs) and possibly my favourite to the sexy Spanish senorita on the number 30 Buster Highbury. 
I loved our heated chat on Friday, but realised what I did was insensitive to your country. <laughs> I'm mortified. Please let me make up for it over tapas or paella or whatever. <laughs> Bearded man who used discarded burger cartons as castanets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, genius. Uh, oh, he also did the the good deed feed as well. It's another yes, one. That, I think right, that yes. is that the metro as well. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah where pe- where you thank someone for doing a, a good turn, you know. Yeah, yeah. There was one that was unpublished. Didn't make it in for some reason. Uh, he, uh, this he wrote this from Peter in Ballum. Uh, thank you to Derek, the Animal Man, for his services at my uncle's wake this weekend. It was wrongly booked by the venue at short notice, but you were so terrific. We wished we'd booked you ourselves. Well done on such an informative, dignified show with just the right blend of respectful jokes and real live spiders and stick insects. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So, that, yes, if you want to read more of those, that's Rush Hour Crush uh, at Shockproof Beats on Twitter. Um, I saw a couple of uh, thoughts for the day to do with work on Twitter as well. Um, First one was at DJK1878 um, thinks that going to the toilet at work at half four on a Friday is the workplace equivalent of taking the ball to the corner at one nil in the 88th minute. (laughs) (laughs) Funny and true. Very good. And um, Jocelyn Dabsalot at Jocelyn Dabsalot says some arsehole fish decided to crawl out of the ocean 35 million years ago. Now we have staff meetings. <laughs> mm. Well, I think that's all we've got time for. It is, so that's, um, that's all we can be bothered to do. <laughs> um, would, you like, would you like to make us a cup of tea? Cup of tea? Legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should get that T-shirt made. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Cup of tea, one sugar, legend. <laughs> or perhaps we should go for a pint. Legend. <laughs> <laughs>